Hey guys, this is Chris Napholtz. And this is David. We are Drop Disgusta. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Don't forget, we are powered by Amplified Events. To learn more about the great work they do, visit ampyourevent.com. We would also like to thank and welcome our digital marketer, Aaron Talent. If you're a fan of the show, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Drop Disgusta Podcast. And whatever you're doing this week, make sure you hashtag drop the dis. Here's the show. Hey guys, this is David. Welcome to Drop Disgusta. I'm here today with my guest. (laughs) Hold on, this is weird without a guest. (laughs) (laughs) It's just me and Chris right now. Uh, But we want to go ahead and check in with you guys and talk about uh, what we've been doing around the town. So Chris, I know that your itinerary is a lot more full than mine. I don't know, we we had kind of the same thing. That's true. So the first thing we did was we went to Westaboo. We did, and to back it up even more, on Wednesday we went to the launch party. We did. The launch party was baller. Which was awesome. Number one. Drinking straight whiskey, it was awesome. Second City Whiskey. Yep. Shout out to them. And the Dirty Girl Mixers. Yep. Shout out to the We're mixers. seeing them a lot I didn't use everywhere. Them, yeah, yeah. We it's need, like I didn't even hear about them, and then now I see them every time I go anywhere. I think we need to, they need to reach out to us, or we need to reach out to them. Shout out to Dirty Girl. Come find us. Yeah, and that's Dirty, and then G-U-R-L. I was wondering. I knew there was a U, but I you. forgot where it was. I think it's in the There's girl. a U somewhere. Yeah. So uh, so we went to the West Taboo launch party. Then we went to the West Taboo on Friday. We went to the concert yes. with, what was it, Magic Giant? Magic Giant Magic was Giant awesome. Magic Giant was baller. And, I mean, Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson? We'll edit that out. Magic <laughs> Giant got on my shoulders. The the Magic Giant got on his <laughs> shoulders. And, yes. And continued to sing, by the way. Yes. It was an he, iconic experience. He low-key came up to me low-key and said hey man can i get on your shoulders yeah and of course i said yes yeah he was looking for the he he looked at me shook his head (laughs) saw you walked over (laughs) jumped right on actually uh magic giant they are doing a collab tour with american authors yeah and they have a song with american it's not that they're opening for them they are doing a collab concert they're really good both on the on the stage at the same time singing. You know, they sounded kind of like um, Vampire Weekend. Yes, they did. And, I, and and I, I appreciate it. Yep, and I especially when they did uh, Boys of Summer, I was losing my mind. I will, I'll say for a band that probably 90% of the attendees didn't know who they were. Pretty good. They knew how to get everybody involved. They exceeded expectations. They came out, did a song in the crowd. Anyways, we're hyping yeah. them up. They're not paying for this. So no. we'll move on. To it. <laughs> but no, that was, uh, that it was, was a awesome. very good good way to start off the weekend and we saw the beatboxing saxophone for the after party that, that was incredible dude was great i believe he's from chicago so everybody go to chicago and check out the beatboxing saxophone yes uh the things he did was incredibly talented it was I hard mean, to believe he's playing like he's doing like three different sounds at the same time with his mouth he even like, had a recording of his dad that he put in the saxophone and did a did you see that? No. You must. You were out taking left. all those pictures. Uh, I was. I was taking pictures with yeah. everybody. Um, 
next day, I did go to the Oliver Hardy, um, or no, the uh, Laurel, Laurel Hardy. Hardy Festival in um, in uh, Harlem. Yeah, it was it was big. It's gotten really? bigger every year. It was pretty impressive. Shout out Harlem. Yes, and, and Laurel um, and Hardy. Yeah, <laughs> they're funny guys. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but no, we went to the museum, checked it out. I I've only been one other time, and I I think it. It's growing and it, it's cool. That's awesome. I was doing a wedding at yeah. Champions Retreat. Oh, that's which nice. was very cool. It's yeah. the first time I've actually ever been there. Um, which I went to Greenbrier, so I'm pretty ashamed about that, I guess. But now <laughs> that it's out in the open, here we are. Yeah. But it was actually pretty awesome. Yeah. I um I did they did they say their ID I do's? They did say that that's yeah, good. they that's did good. they did you, marry each other. In fact, during the song Shout by the Isley brothers, uh all of the groomsmen picked the groom up in a chair and carried him around the dance floor. That's awesome. Which was iconic, and I really hope that I can get the video. And I, that. I think you're wrong. I think they're the Isley brothers, but we'll just they go with it. They are the Isley brothers. You're absolutely okay. right. Okay, I just <laughs> maybe they it's maybe are. it's do you say you know tomato it's tomato? Isley, I feel like, but I think you're still right at the end of the yeah. day. Anyways, I would like to go ahead and shout out the Gators. For uh, beating Auburn. That was a upset, apparently, but we all know that they are overrated now. Speaking of the Gators, uh, welcome to Gator Hate Week, everybody. Welcome Um, to the grossest (laughs) color combination ever. What is it? Yellow and purple week. You talking about royalty? Those are the colors of royalty, (laughs) sir. So uh, just a little preview for everybody. I am an LSU Tigers football fan. If you follow the show, you know that. And Chris is unfortunately a character flaw of his is that he (laughs) is a Florida Gators fan. And they are playing this week, uh, this coming Saturday. Once again, a college game day. Big league. They are following the Gators again. So everybody, send Chris your consolations. Um, on well, we'll Sunday. see. You know, Vegas was wrong about the Auburn game, so I, you know what? I actually bet on Florida to win that game. Of course, so but I, I mean, Auburn sucks. LSU really hasn't played anybody, so yeah, we'll Texas. see. That was a good game. That it was. was. A good game. Um, I will give you that. I think this game is going to low key be a shootout because Texas did beat Georgia. Yeah, Texas beat Georgia. I mean, it's the same team. Yeah, Sam so, Ellinger. It'll be We're a fun. Back. It will be a fun game. I'll tell you one thing. I'm not going to be a Debbie Downer, but I will say y'all are at home at night. It's going to be phenomenal. I'm. It's so going to be hashtag lit. If anyone has <laughs> tickets to that game and gets me into that game, uh, I will guarantee you an interview on this episode <laughs> <laughs> or a future episode of your yes, choice. Yeah, I'll literally interview you on Christmas Day. Like I don't care. I will say that someone that is an LSU fan die hard did text me after the Auburn game and say they are concerned about the LSU-Florida game. It's a good game. It's going to LSU be a good Florida game. LSU-Florida is always competitive. Yeah. It always is, no matter what. We got y'all last year when yeah. y'all should have beaten us. Yeah, we should have. That was Let rough. me just say that again. We had y'all last year, but it was also home for us. So, yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot of... Anyways, we're going to stop moving talking. On. Yeah, moving on. Sportscast coming to you soon, yeah. right? Um we Let's will. See, what, else? what else is in the news right now? Well, I will say, oh yeah, Greek Festival is happening this weekend. Greek Festival Thursday to up. Sunday. Speaking Definitely of check it out. Downtown. I want to shout the CVB out for something they're doing. They're labeling the districts, so like the art district, the entertainment district, 
for the purpose of people being more easily able to direct themselves. That's smart. I think it's very professional. I think we it makes have us look talked very about yes. We have talked about this. I want to know if there's going to be actual signage. I think there will be. That's I think good. they're actually putting signage up. That's the change right that's now. That's good. That's a that's a very good thing because right now people just Broad Street is a bunch of everything. Yeah. Uh, but the we do. We know. Entertainment district we, right now. Yeah, right. That on the commissioner side of things. Yeah. Uh, but to us private citizens, we know otherwise that yeah. there is an art district. There is. I would even. I would like to say that Central Avenue area is Midtown, maybe. Yeah. Um, something. Give us more signs. Yeah. We need more signs. Hey, and y'all. Uh, you know, we'll make a post about this, have y'all's comments and whatnot. We'd like to know what you would think, what districts should be called. Yeah, what districts do we need? Like that Surrey we don't Center, have? what is that? That's the rich people district. The Hill District. So, so I do want to pivot from this though. Um, we're talking about labeling streets. We're talking about labeling districts. Mm-hmm. We want to talk about Eighth uh, Street. Yeah, Eighth Street is currently being renamed to Jesse Norman. I don't. We don't know the exact name, but we know it's going to be in honor after Jesse yep, Norman. In honor of uh, Jesse Norman's Which is life, awesome. that she's dedicated to Augusta and everything she's done. Yep. Yeah. Rest in peace. Um, she but that is, will be Eighth Street. She's a phenomenal person. The history. Uh, Russell Joel Brown shouted her out, and right. and you know I I think that she's had a pretty big impact on on the whole city. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, that'll be Eighth Street, which is a pretty hot street. It a, is a lot is hot on street. it. So. <laughs> and it's um, right by James Brown. So right. That makes sense. It makes sense. The name streets are beside each other. There is a rumor going around that. And I, it's been confirmed there is some development going on Central Avenue Central and Avenue. Montesano. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be, be a, across from St. Mary's, but on the other side of Central, not on the other side of uh, Montesano. Right. Yeah. Just some clarification for that. Yeah, you know. I mean, I've heard something about parking deck or uh, yeah. retail, restaurants. Building. Yeah. It's going to be nice. So, I think the hill needs some new stuff. Right. I agree. I mean, it would nice. look good. Yeah. So, uh, as you guys have kind of noticed, we're a little scatterbrained right now, and it's because we're drinking coffee from Ubora, <laughs> and we are hyped up on caffeine right now. Right. And we are super hyped up to meet our guest. Walter E. Dyer. I am partial owner of Ubora Coffee, and also a member of the U.S. Navy. Very I cool. don't know which one to ask about first. Well, no, the first thing to ask is, is it Walter E.? Like, just so people know, you're saying an E for your middle oh. name, but he's not a Walter E., Walter no, E. It's, uh, it's a middle initial, so it's kind of an homage to my grandfather. Oh, okay. So I guess we can talk about me already because... Um, <laughs> We're here to talk my, about you. My family history was a little bit messy. I was originally named after my father, who was not the best person on the planet. Uh, and so when the family split up and it came to light how abusive he was as an individual, I didn't want to carry his first or last name anymore. Mm. So I personally decided to change my name and I took my grandfather's first name and my mom's maiden name. And so we became, as a family, those of us that loved and cared for each other, we all became the Dyers and I took um, my grandfather's name, but we both have the same middle initial. Very cool. So I'm Elijah and he was Eugene. Uh, he passed a few years ago. Uh, and every time I got like a college degree or whatever, it was always Walter, middle initial E period, Dyer. And so anytime that happened, I would send him a copy and be like, look what you like. That's <laughs> here's your here's your BA in look business. What you did. Right. Here's your master's in business. That's like awesome. when I got my fire quals, like, hey, yeah. you're now certified as a firefighter. And so 
it's just kind of carried along because, and I think I started doing it because when I took his name, when he would see me or I'd be at their house because Grandma and Grandpa's house kind of became my home after mine melted, um, he would be like, what's up, W.E.? And I'd be like, how's it going, W.E.? So it <laughs> was cool. It was kind of our thing. So I love to carry that forward just personally. And anytime like I get to choose how my name appears, it's always Walter E. Period Dyer because um, I really respect my mom's side of the family. And... I really respect people who have taken the time and sacrificed to be good people. And my grandfather was definitely one of those people, not exclusively, but him specifically. And uh, it meant a lot to him that I took his name and it meant a lot to me that there was someone I respected that much in replacement that I could kind of show in action what I stood for as a person, which right. was not what my dad fostered or what he did to our family and those mm. kind of things. Wow. So we just started off... Probably the really most deep. real that I think we've ever started off. It. So how's that it. for your cold brew story? <laughs> That's great. So hey, speaking of cold brew, you did bring us cold brew. You brought I us did. a growler, and we are buzzing right now. Right. Well, not, well, we, not me. Not yet. Technically, <laughs> this not is yet. my second drink from Ubora. We did earlier yeah, we did stop a, by, we did and earlier. I did get your fancy espresso some of the best espresso i've had in, in the town honestly and we're gonna talk a lot about ubora but first like you mentioned we're here to talk about you mm-hmm. walter so the first question you talk about your family um you're originally not from augusta no i am a southern california native i grew up in uh the greater los angeles area i have family from san diego all the way up to sacramento and then my grandparents since my like young years of like remembering like family vacations have always been in Oregon and then we've had family in Washington and um, Boise. Boise. I always mm. think of the blue football field when yep. I think of Boise. Yeah, exactly I know there's I more in that city, but like that's all I mm, think the of. The blue field. The blue field. It's so yeah. cool. When I, NCAA, side note, NCAA, that was my favorite field because you, you get the blue uniforms and no one can see you. Right, camo. Stealthy. Anyway, so we're, we're not <laughs> here to talk about I just got rid of my blue uniform. <laughs> <laughs> so on that topic, so from Southern California, how did you come to be in Augusta? Oh, gosh, that's a long story because, well, I didn't get to Augusta until like two years ago. Tell the whole story. So I grew up in Southern California when I got out of, so I, was, I did everything in high school. I was at a small school. I was in choir. I was in small group. I was in theater. I did basketball. I did yearbook. Like if you could What do were you best at if you had to choose? Oh, God. What was I best at? Rocking the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not have a rest, uh, mustache at that I'm, age. I'm picturing you shooting a free throw with that mustache, and honestly, it's legendary in my head. So don't take that from me. Well, I wish you could. I wish I could wear my handlebar mustache because I used to have a serious handlebar and it was like 16 inches across side to side. So like if you um, stalk my Facebook, you can see like my handlebar mustache. And actually, I think the photo that's supposed to be on our website for like my bio for the company Mm -hmm. is me uh, with a motorcycle and I have my handlebar and a goatee at that. Uh, Would you be willing to send us that picture? Yeah, I'll send send you that picture. Because I think our listeners need to see that. Yes. So and then I have like. Like a snidely whiplash photo that I'll try and find where I like pulled it out and it was like kind of all like curly and crazy. We need that. <laughs> yeah. Augusta needs that. The, those were, <laughs> I, I pull my mustache mustache out on days where I felt maniacal. I'd be like, <laughs> this is showing you how I feel today. That's great. <laughs> um, but the goal was to always be on the West Coast, to be near my family. Uh, so went, far, so good. I went to Azusa Pacific University because <laughs> they were known for. They were the number two rated uh, Christian university on the West Coast. All of their graduates 
had really good placement in jobs in the community, like they were getting AACSB accredited. So made that choice. And my original career choice was to do operations management. So after I graduated college in the downturn of 08, the opportunity of me moving up with a master's of business administration became very, very, very small. It became a pretty rough degree to have in 2008. So there was a piece of paper on the wall that I wanted (laughs) to rip up every day. Very expensive piece of paper. Very expensive. (laughs) Well, the cool thing was, is because I was in music and I did lots of arts and I'm, well, technically business is an art because working with people and building something. And that's why I was always passionate about business. Like I viewed business as not a zero sum game where mm-hmm. a lot of people view business as a zero sum game. And I've always been frustrated with the business industry. And it was like, how are you going to change the world? As I was like, I'm going to go in and manage businesses where I'm telling you that we can be beneficial together and we both grow and benefit together and we both make everything better together. Like you, whatever position you're in doesn't mean that I can't help you and you're helping me and we're succeeding together because as we've had with the conversation currently in politics, not that I want to talk about it, but it's about how we look at shareholders instead of stakeholders and we look at dividends and profits. You can maximize the benefit to your people while maximizing your profits. And if you look at the best companies, they have the best individual employee benefits and focus. When you focus on your people that first, is, that is true. You're naturally going to grow as a business because mm-hmm. you're fostering people. And I think that's why I love being down here in Augusta at this time because one, I can try my best, I'm not always going to be good at it, to foster people, but also focus on that economic development where we're all moving together. And Augusta's kind of in this renaissance where we can do that. So it's kind of like my life has been on the journey of right place, right time, like Malcolm Gladwell's um, Outliers. This is kind of that moment for me where I spent all that time working in so many different businesses. I have my degree. I worked at it so long. And now it's kind of like, I land in Augusta, yeah. and now it's like it kind of matches up with everything that happened. And so you got your uh, go ahead. Uh, well, I was just going to say, and how did you land in Augusta? Okay, well that was my yeah. I was, okay. Yeah. yeah. So you got your degree in two thousand eight. You, uh, you got here two years ago, so there's a couple years missing. Oh, several years missing. <laughs> just I, I a one couple, or two. Just a few. <laughs> From the photos that your listeners are going to see, they're going to know it's several years Many. missing. <laughs> there's no point to front. I am balding. It's the thing of life. You look good. I'm really excited about these. So I just work part time. So I, I interned, I did the Young Executive MBA program, which means I entered while I did a one-year compressed course and where for your was masters. That? that was still at Azusa Pacific. Okay. So that's Azusa, California. Um, it's the eastern part of L.A. County. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like the little uh, town that I got my, like I went to elementary school and um, and a little bit of junior high. It was called Covina, and it was like an area that had lots of little coves with like ponds and lotteries. And they had lots of vineyards. And actually that area, Azusa, is where um, the orange, orange vineyards used to be. So I worked part-time. Um, worked part-time at the company that I interned with. I was doing uh, vendor managed inventory, just go in, check stock, reorder. Would we know the company if you said it? Uh, B&K Electric. It's a really great company. It's um, a woman-owned business. Um, the Ellison family, they're amazing. They hired me, they brought in my mom, and also they hired my brother. So all three of us were working there at one time. And I, I um, Kathy, Melissa, and Jennifer Ellison are like the family that runs it together. Ken used to be there when I was there, and they were just all phenomenal people. And they had the same philosophy for business, that we can be good to people, and that will help pull us forward. Like, mm-hmm. being good to people drives 
your profit at your bottom line. Sure, because you know they want to work for you. Yeah. So what was the next thing that you did? So I got full time there and I managed that program. Okay. And then what year are we in right now? Two thousand nine. 2009, 2010 ish, 12. So, right when I, okay, 2010 when I graduated high school. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, that's some good perspective right there. Yep. <laughs> I, I, David and I like to do that sometimes. I was also in high school. Still. Little, a little bit earlier. <laughs> <laughs> so, I did work there for a good time. The economy was still waning. You know, the company's cutting positions. Yeah. Unfortunately, my mom was a receptionist. Most companies got rid of their receptionists. So she went. She was working elsewhere. They started cutting warehouse workers. My brother was one of the newest employees. So he went. So it was just kind of me at the company. Um, and while we were there, my grandparents were snowbirds from Oregon. And they mm. drove down and saw us in California and the family in California every year in winter. Um, and this one particular winter, um, while I was working with the Brian Clay Foundation... Well, I also taught um, marketing at the same college I graduated from. Wow. Uh, And I had a mentee that was my student that was in my marketing course that wound up being the CEO for the Brian Clay Foundation after he was named the decathlete of the world. Wow. So I got called in as a consultant, which is where my consultant business starts, which will be important later for the rest of the story. But my consultant (laughs) business starts there, uh, and I fed back and provided some support to him as COO of this foundation that Brian Clay started. Um, But it's during that time that I get a phone call from my grandmother, um, and my mom and my brother decided to move to Oregon a couple years earlier to restart. They're like... Where California is not for us anymore if we're going to restart. So they moved on. I was living in California by my own. This is like 2015-ish. Okay. Um, and we're my grand- close. My grandparents are in their camper down in the Naco Trails trailer park that they've always stayed in down in Southern California, like in the San Diego area. And I get a phone call that says, your grandfather's not doing so well. We need to go home. And I'm like, Okay. And then my grandmother's like, why don't you come down? So I knew at this point, like, something was happening. Yeah. So I went down and I saw them and I called my work immediately. And this was still at B&K. They were really gracious. They gave me, like, family leave. And I, like, turned around. And this is why it it reminds me of Brian Clay Foundation. Because I was in the middle of designing downtown Glendora's first wine walk in coordination with the Brian Clay Foundation. So I drove for a week up to Oregon, flew back, arrived at 4 p.m. the day of the wine walk. Got into my suit, brought a ladder in, did some finished setup, and, like, sat down for 10 minutes before we, like, did the wine walk in downtown Glendora there. Which is actually something that still happens today, so it's kind of cool. That's cool. It was kind of a cool renaissance for me, kind of trying to figure out what I was doing with my life. So, drove them up there and then came back and was looking at what I was doing in the company and knowing that what I was doing was something that was going to get axed next. Like, if we keep declining and we're in this position consulting, where yeah. things that we don't need, like consulting and you don't need a vendor-managed inventory system, like, I'm just overhead. So I had to make a decision. Like, my father wound up beating me up and throwing me out of the house, and I needed to decide the only father figure that I knew was my grandfather. Like, the only man that I respected and I wanted to, to like, prototype. Like, if there was anyone on the planet that I needed to learn to be a man from was my grandfather. He didn't live in California. He lived in Oregon. And I knew from having to drive him back and having serious heart problems, like, we're in, like, serious twilight years. So I gave my notice. Um, They were trying to offer me a sales position because they wanted to keep me. But I was like, you know what? I have to do this. I have to be with my family. So 
in 2016, I started over, like moved everything picked up and moved to Oregon and spent years trying to find just work. But it was like, I'm either going to be broke and not paying my bills in California working nonstop, or I'm going to be building a life with my family and broke and, mm. and working nonstop. And to me, that was worth it. There were three years um, where my grandfather was kind of like my patient because I wound up becoming a firefighter and getting my uh, EMT license. Um, and so anytime anything medical happened, like grandma always called me and I was always there. But during this time of like trying to find an actual job, um, I started working in coffee shops. So this is where... Ah, the like, coffee starts. Yeah, so the coffee starts at this time. Wait, no, 2006? Yeah, why am I saying 16? 2006. Wow. <laughs> so we're going 2006. back So I'm adding 10 years on to all of it. Okay. Gotcha. So the 2012 was 2002. 2002. That sounds more right because I'm yeah. like, hold on, we're missing the whole military yeah, yeah. part and we're already in 2016. Yeah. Sorry, I'm pulling up too early because time flies by with me. <laughs> like... I don't, a lot of things aren't marked by time for me. Like the only reason why I know 2006, 2007 is because like for some reason that number when I like, I'll see photos on Facebook of like when I did National Night Out and first started doing gotcha. firefighting was like in 2006, 2007. So sorry, redact 10 from those years and then we're right on track. Gotcha. That makes sense. Cause I'm like, wow, you are not on track to be here. Uh, no, not at you all. You're like, are you from the future? <laughs> Yeah, and then, you know, 2023, I got to Augusta. and well, uh, Welcome to Podsection. Parked your, uh, <laughs> parked your DeLorean out back. Yeah, yeah the, I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's silver. It's just the doors don't fly up. Um, so 2007, I got there. Um, worked in coffee. So that's 2006, 2007, like the end of 2006 is when I started my coffee career and started with Stumptown. Um, worked part-time around, did purchasing. Like, I got a lot of temp contracts. Uh, my brother went and got his degree for machinist, and that's when I wound up at Viper Northwest. Um, and I'm skipping over in there, firefighter EMT. And then once I became an EMT, I stayed that the whole time I lived in Oregon. So um, kind of Oregon is where most of my corporate experience. So I have about 10 years of working in corporate America, which started in California. With What um, is Viper Northwest? It's just a machine shop in Oregon. But that area in Oregon is known for semiconductor and aerospace manufacturing Gotcha. Um, there's that famous Watchang's there. So that's a famous company where they do chemical composition. Okay. There's lots of, um, they do powder. It's a lot more industrial than I thought you would describe Oregon as. Well, there's, so like Tangent's the grass seed capital of the world. Sure. Accord. And then right up against Tangent is the old farm area, like Corvallis, HP made Corvallis famous. The college is there in Corvallis. And then there's like kind of this industrial abutment where like Watchang, um, that other company I worked for that did the castings for the airplane engines. I did purchasing there. I did quality. I was the, what is it, ATF responsible party. I did shipping compliance because we had to ship to foreign companies. So, like, quality and all of that started there for me. Okay. Um, and when they and decided... Quality is important for For, for a future, now, yeah. yeah. So all of these things kind of become important later on, which is kind of the, the tie-in. Uh, had a heart attack scare. Wow. Uh, which drained the 401k, had to pay Cobra out of that. And then mm. it kind of became another thing of like, well, what am I going to do? I always wanted to be in the military, but I let other people tell me that I should go to college and get my degree. Which I would say in our current climate, like, you can get your degree for free for a few years of service. It's mm. not a bad gig. Like, I'm still carrying debt from my degree. Yeah. But had I done it backwards, 
one, I wouldn't be here when I'm supposed to be. <laughs> um, but two, yeah. I would be living without all of that debt. Yeah. So that was the biggest thing. I had the debt. You know, I didn't have any of like the savings that I had built up from like three good years of a corporate career where I'm finally making close to what I should make for my for degree. degree. Yeah. So, so this is what year are we talking right now that you joined the military? So that was 2000, the end of 2015. Okay, so 2015 you joined the military. That's when 2016, you... so February. Okay, and that's yeah. when you left Oregon. And that's when I left Oregon. My first duty station was here at Fort Gordon. Okay, so you've been here since 2017, is that correct? Yes. Okay. Here. Whew. Yeah. We're all out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make that as abbreviated as possible. I get that. But and so for those of you that are wondering why I haven't been talking, it's because I'm still drinking this incredible coffee. And he's almost <laughs> done. You. I'm almost done. Chris is going to drop in a minute. I'm going to be taking a lot of melatonin tonight. Yeah, you are. Okay. I won't bore you anymore, though. No, 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 you, no you, you can have another. I will continue oh. to just smell the glass when it's empty. Hey, that's enough. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Great stuff. And before we move on, I do want to ask you, so you came to Augusta in 2017 on for the military, for your job. What was your first impression? What? what, what oh, God. I don't hated hold Augusta. Back. No, yeah. I hated everything about Augusta. Where did you live? Did you live on base? Well, I mean, so we were in the Baymont Hotel, right where 520 runs into Bobby Jones, which wow. is a horrible hotel. But wow. We didn't know. <laughs> like, we had no idea. Yeah. So me and my family yeah, are it's moving. Yeah, two highways. You so, know, it's right, it's convenient. My husband is service animal and I are moving across the country. We're trying to just figure out what's around. We're trying to find hotels. Of course, mm. you know, you want to be as as thrifty as possible. Yeah, right. conveniently located. Right. Yeah, so I'm like, you know, I come from the West Coast where all the hotels it's that are right than by a red major roof inn. Red roof inn. <laughs> I mean, the place, the place would have been fine if it wasn't under renovation, and nowhere did they say mm. it was under renovation. So we had to use the service elevator, and then we oh, just we had, a bad experience in this Baymont hotel. Yeah, we had okay. no idea that people here in this area were so afraid of dogs, and that was a huge problem. Like we really? have a service animal, but people would like leap or yelp or like be afraid when they saw felix in the elevator i feel like that's a locational thing because downtown people bring their dogs everywhere now mm-hmm. well, i don't know we weren't really ever downtown so like gotcha. out in the cities or anywhere we went like it was a really common occurrence that people were afraid and then we kind of get like chased around a little bit because if people yeah so our service animal protects my husband um he left the navy um, he does have PTSD, and so he's he's assigned the service animal as a medical device to help protect him while he's out right. in public. Sure. We personally were having difficulty, and then four weeks into being here, some girl texting on her phone obliterates me in my car. Like, Ooh. pushed oh. the front end of the car off, all the airbags deployed. She hit me so hard I was braking and swerving that she pushed me into the embankment, and had I been three inches over, my car would have been wrapped around the light pole that was there because she was accelerating onto... 520. Wow. Mm-hmm. Right by the mall. That's there. terrifying. Yeah. So, moved to Augusta, car wreck, living in the Baymont, not a great first impression. <laughs> so, what changed? Well, I think with anything like, so I come from, and I like to compare it this way, like, I come from the land of plenty. Like, Southern California doesn't have the best of everything, but it has 
something it's a pretty like good everything. reputation. There's a lot of money in Southern California. But, I mean, it's a big development center. There's anything, yeah. like, within an hour and a half, you can go from skiing to snowboarding right. to surfing. So, like, right. it's Fake not... Fake snow, but yeah. Yeah. It's not the best of anything, but you can't... <laughs> actually, I grew up in a snow resort as a kid. With real snow? Yeah, real snow. Um, there are options around. So, coming here and how disparate the city is and not mm-hmm. knowing anything about it and not knowing right. that, like... There's sections of Washington Road, and then landing here during Masters. And We're dealing, nodding aggressively. Yes. And, <laughs> and dealing with all of that, and then how segregated um, Fort Gordon is from everything, and like, yeah, you know, like winding up on Dean's Bridge, and then people telling you you're happy you haven't been shanked or shot. Like, right. those are kind of the experiences that yeah. I had here. I don't think all of those are true. I yeah. think there are people's perceptions of them. But, like, when you first get here, you get into an accident, you're just trying to find places. It's scary. You wind up at a Walmart on Dean's Bridge, and people are like, you survived? And I'm like, what? But for me, like, Watts, downtown L.A., there's some seriously scary places there. So, like, here, I'm just like, what do you mean? Like, they're just people. Right. 100%. You know? So I have a different perspective. Like people, like um, people are trying to move into the apartments upstairs of our cafe, and they're like, "Is it dangerous back here?" Like I saw a hobo walking the street, and I was like, was "Have you ever been to Atlanta?" Yeah, I was exactly. Like, <laughs> Just go to Centennial Park. Yeah, but I guess that's what's leading up to it. Like perspective is all right. all about yeah. it, right? So my first perspective was car accident, running to all these places where Crappy you shouldn't hotel. be or where you're gonna be, and everything's so far away, and you don't know where anything's at. Right. Um, but as I started to learn kind of downtown and some of the other places and get to know, like, I guess we could call the hotspots of Augusta because there's little developments everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you really kind of come to love what those things are, but you have to discover them first, which is kind of where um, I run an organization in the Navy currently that helps our new sailors kind of get out and about and learn the good things about Augusta. So once I developed those things, then I wanted to turn around and be like, yeah, if you look at it this way, it looks like a horrible place. But if you realize there's like a miniature golf on Washington Road, and if you're over by the 20 on Washington Road, there's good shopping and there's crispy. Like, mm-hmm. you just have to know where things are. And then it's right. like downtown. Nowhere to go. Downtown might be a little ways away, but it's worth the drive. But people don't know this unless someone's looking at them in person and being like, no, there's some good places to go. But you have to be intentional. And I guess that's our problem across the board with current American society, right? Is, is you have to be intentional. If you're not intentional about anything, then there's nothing. And, and I find that the people that complain the most are, are not intentional about anything. They're not intentional about making themselves mm. happy. They're not intentional about, like, improving their, their situation or their neighborhood. It's like you have to live intentionally to get anything out of life. And this is a great segue. We're going to take a small break here. And now we're going to talk about when we get back, we're going to talk about what you're doing in Augusta. Because I know it's more than one thing. I know you have some plugs to push. And I know you're not in Baymont. In- a quick thank you to our audio sponsor today, Amplified Events. Amplified Events has been raising the bar in entertainment in the CSRA since 2014. Not only do they provide DJ and MC services, but they also do professional lighting, photo booths, karaoke, game show hosting, and just about anything that your next event needs. Check them out for your next event, be it a wedding, corporate function, or private event, because they will definitely amp up any occasion. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram at Amplified Events AUG by phone at 706-810-0267 and online at AmpYourEvent.com. That's AmpYourEvent.com. 
All right, so this is our second cold brew start of the episode. Yes. And speaking of cold brew, I do want <clears> to thank you before we go on for bringing this growler. Yes. Um, this has gotten the most, uh, I think, authentic and real conversation that we've had uh, about people's personal lives in a while. And I think that speaks to the power of the cold brew. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, you were talking about how the growlers work. Talk about that real quick. Yeah. For us. So one of my favorite things, and my business partner Andre actually designed this growler, is that if you look at the front of it, there's like the tap that you can find in our store or something very similar to it. And then it shows the cold brew pouring into like a glass that we'd serve you in the cafe. But it's it's there's no printing there. So as the cold brew empties in it, you can see that you're you need to refill. So it looks like the cup is filling up as your growler is emptying. That's really cool. That's one of the biggest features. And then it has a really cool quote on the back, which I don't think um, anybody notices. It says, pursue your ambitions, never compromise on excellence. And of course, excellence in every cup is our official slogan. Yes. And excellence is your Wi-Fi password. Not that I should be telling everyone that. It's okay. It's on the wall. And how much, how much would it be and how, how many cups of coffee does this hold and how much would it cost? So right now our growlers are $25 and you get the collectible growler and then you get 64 ounces of cold brew with that purchase. So you basically pay $12.50 for the growler and $12.50 for the coffee because if you come back in with our growler, you get a refill for $12.50 and that oh, saves awesome. you three 16-ounce cups. So you basically get three free 16-ounce cups of cold brew. One, this helps reduce the impact on the environment. It's something reusable. It's something collectible for people who like growlers because growlers are cool. cool. And we also need to make sure that we're supporting people who are sobriety people, like Mm -hmm. that are living uh, sober lives. So there have to be growlers for people who want to have coffee. So nitro and cold brew and a growler provides the same benefit to those people who, who can't drink, but they can still enjoy the same things. That's awesome. True. And, like and so we'll, we'll take a step back. So tell us about how Ubora started. So I was approached uh, by um, Leon when he was thinking about turning his hobby roastery into like a storefront with a coffee shop cafe. And we met and we found out we had a passion for Stumptown. And at that time, our favorite espresso was Hairbender. Okay. And we liked some of the flavor notes. We got to talking about it. And then when he wanted to open up the roastery in the cafe... Um, that's when he tapped me because he knew I had so many years of barista experience and I started with a company that he respected and we wanted to use as part of our like, um, what is it? What's the word for it? Clout. Uh, Benchmarking. Clout. (laughs) (laughs) You guys were not on the same page there. (laughs) So there's lots of companies that we benchmark ourselves against and look at how they do things and, and how it inspires us and where we want to do similar things or we want to diverge and be independent and we want to be our own company. Gotcha. Um, and that's kind of where the opportunity started. He um, tapped one of his best friends that was also in the Navy to help him get it up and running. So um, Bora is totally military owned. Yes. All three owners are current active service members. That's pretty cool. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And you guys also, if I'm not mistaken, have a coffee food truck? Well, it's not necessarily a food truck. but Well, there's no food, uh, right? It's just coffee. Coffee truck. Coffee yeah. truck. So I have a miniature version of my cafe and an 18-foot coffee truck that we do concerts, school events. Um, we support the Armada down in Jacksonville, Florida. So we're there at all of those big soccer games, and we're providing coffee out of our truck to That's those people. Cool. They have, like, if you look at our website, they have custom-branded bags where we do specialty roast for them that um, the proceeds go back to support Armada. We do that. So 
and I guess that's a good segue because we have a robust business plan. Like we we have school fundraisers. So our idea is like, how do we help schools? Well, all parents are going to buy coffee, right? Right. So instead of buying tons of rolls of wrapping paper, why don't you buy something you buy from the grocery store? So we have specific coffees um, that help schools bring money back to themselves for stuff that families would already buy. So you're not filling a closet full of stuff that you would never use. You're buying something that you would always buy at a reasonable price, close to what you'd pay for specialty coffee in a grocery store, Mm -hmm. um, but you're using it and you're consuming it. So we have that. We have the coffee truck. We do special events after hours or sometimes we'll close down depending on the agreement. Um, We also have wholesale. So there's three or four cafes, I think, currently that are serving our coffee. There's a couple in Jacksonville. There's one out here on the coast in South Carolina, um, and it's growing more and more. Okay. Uh, And that's, that's kind of the thing, like... Just looking at our cafe, like it doesn't look what it, what it looks like on the inside. And then when you get in the inside, that belies the depth of the business model that we've built as a company and right. business partners. Yeah, you guys roast and, all your own coffee. Yeah. yeah. And so basically, if you haven't been in yet, get how, you need to go. It's a beautiful building. Are you losing your voice, Chris? <clears throat> I'm not. Okay. Are you? No, it sounded like you were getting lighter and lighter as the sentence. Well, I was. On. I was realizing that I did not. <laughs> actually re pre-think this question oh nice that's the best <clears throat> but but really what it is is uh it's a y'all roast y'all actually get the beans they're green and y'all roast it there yep, and you do. can actually we're lead, not talking you can roasting lead, like a video like you know you roast someone's shoes we're talking about like the coffee right. beans. yeah you can lean over the uh the boundary line and see it turning well soon you'll be leaning over a bar because we're installing a bar there too so we're doing some renovation in the cafe for a ribbon cutting on November 7th mm-hmm. from 1 to 3. Ribbon cutting November 7th from 1 to 3. So it's on our social media. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> Etsy. We're everywhere. Find Abora Coffee. Etsy. <laughs> no, we do. We have an Etsy page as well. I believe um, So we're going to be putting in a bar. But yeah, the, the green beans come in and we're, we're direct trade. So direct trade. You buy pays. straight from the farms. We do as much as possible, or we have um, <coughs> an advocate that does the shipping in between, but pays the living wage to the farms. Mm. Um, we also have a direct trade agreement. Um, so our Rwanda blend is a female co-op. It's one hundred percent female run and operated, and all of their proceeds from their beans that we purchase go back to feed the co-op. And they're actually trying to open, or they have opened. I haven't checked yet, um, but get funds to open a community center to provide work skills for their community. Mm. So we're trying as hard as we can to not only do intentional economic development down here in Augusta, but do direct trade, um, not fair trade because it became something other than it was originally supposed to be, and select places where where we put our partnerships, it's actually beneficial to everyone throughout our supply chain. And and that's kind of the the power of like kind of the trifecta of ownership we have. Like Andre's the roast master. He originally designed the the vision of Obora. I'm the QC barista, kind of do operations and construction, and then and Philip, QC that's quality control. Quality control, yeah. And then Philip is our sales, and he's he's sales operations, and like he built he built the bar. I built some of it with him. Like he's handy. We do everything ourselves if we can because. If we can do it, then that means we can pour more money back into the community or we can have another employee or like we're trying to spend as a small business, not even in our first year yet. Um, Almost, though. Oh, we're getting close. Almost. Very close. 
Um, we're trying to spend our dollars wisely, and if we can do it ourselves, we're going to as best we can. Like we did that whole parking lot development ourselves, like scrape the grass, put in the gravel, like ran the tractor and did all of that ourselves and yes. developed the parking lot. And now we're trying to look at other ways that we can help support different communities that are wanting to make Augusta better because we're on the verge of a renaissance. And if those of us that are coming in new to the market don't take a hold of that and don't garner the support of those around us and say, hey, we're the next guard of Augusta. We need to make sure that we're doing it right when everyone before us is kind of done with our time of whatever they're going to lead and manage downtown. We need to make sure that we're um, being respectful of what they've invested in the city and that we're looking forward to the future. Y'all are, I want to say, the first... Um, At least open to the public, I think you're the first business on Jones Street. Yeah, and so we're the best kept secret in Augusta. Hopefully not for much longer. Yeah, hopefully it's a badly <laughs> kept secret, right? <laughs> so aside from Ubora, there is something else that you do. You do it with the the Navy. You were talking about it before we, we went to our break. Oh, yeah. It's, um, it's a non-federal entity, but it's sanctioned to work on the post there. But it's uh, CSAD, which is a Coalition of Sailors Against Destructive Decisions. So it gives me an opportunity to help other people forge their leadership skills, to get our lower enlisted involved in volunteer opportunities. It helps us um, introduce people to avoid bad habits by knowing the good opportunities that are available to them. That's awesome. Wow. I think we can definitely speak to agreeing with uh, oh, that 100%. entire premise. Yes. Yeah. It's more grassroots leadership. And I think that's kind of we're not doing necessarily leadership, but we're doing grassroots work here at Obora. So that's kind of where all of those things like come together, all my experience with business and mm -hmm. wanting to be about the people and supporting who we can, when we can, and trying to do the best of, you know, serving our employees, which serves our bottom line, which serves the community. Um, even just doing the small development we've done on Jones has changed the look. So now right. instead of trashy grass fields there's a parking lot there's mm -hmm. you know a gravel 10 minute parking next to the cafe for people to come in and out i'm trying to and i haven't made any headway yet um but i would really love to get permission to do a, mur a mural where our parking lot is oh, we, yes. we love that idea and we get companies to, to donate paint in like their primary color so we would obviously donate all the black but to sure. get a, a mural <laughs> artist in downtown who works here in famous do a nice, lovely mural on that side, and then I we also... We know a couple people. We know a couple, yeah, we know a couple people. <laughs> yeah, so if you're out there and you want to get on it, hit me up. Like, you can get my business card at the cafe, you can catch me there nights and weekends. If you don't have his truck. information, DM us, and we'll put you... We'll Slide put you in, in our DMs. Slide in the DMs, and we'll put you in contact. We cannot sponsor that portion of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, Ubora does not support sliding into DMs. Hey, be respectful. Consent's a real thing. And I also want to contact the owners of those those buildings over there and see if we can repaint the Augusta Leatherworks sign. Like, I personally want to do it. I want to get permission because, to me, that's the history of Augusta. Mm -hmm. And those are the things that we have to try and preserve as we're moving forward and doing right. development. Like, I would really love that, that facility instead of it being um, just storage, being an entrepreneurial lab. Like, you could do small motor repair. You could do bicycle repair out of there. So. Bicycle report, repair. That'd be cool. Yeah, Chris Chris is the bicycle king. But you could you could have someone who did some sort of entrepreneurial, like, if I had spare time, I'd do it out of there, but I don't. Um, but could do an <laughs> entrepreneurial development lab where people want to learn how to work on small motors. So you yeah. could do the little go-karts. You could That's do awesome. lawnmowers. You could do right. weed eaters. 
You could also golf do carts, like golf cheap, carts. cheap bicycle repair out of there, <laughs> right. and or a lab where people like buy the parts and they come in and there's just a guy that knows how to do it that teaches people how to upkeep their their um, their mode of transportation. And the reason why I really like this idea a lot is because not everybody in downtown Augusta has a car, and that's how we can support the whole community. Is like right. not everyone is blessed enough to have a car or to have some other mode of transportation. Mm-hmm. So that's how you can help your community. Is like provide those entrepreneurial labs, provide a place where people can just come and and learn to do what they need to do when they need to. So I have I have a question. Um, you you uh, opened up a coffee shop in a city that has multiple coffee shops. And I guess uh, from what we've gathered over these podcast episodes is everybody helps each other out. Did you sense a like a competition when you when you came about opening up a coffee shop, or did you feel that the coffee shops helped y'all out? Like a you, like community versus competition, right? Like I guess from, that's the, from zero being zero being one hundred percent competition and a ten being one hundred percent community. Like how was the reception when you opened up? I think everybody liked what we were doing and presenting, of -hmm. course, because we're all dual-hatted and not all of us live here in Augusta. Um, To be honest, I don't really have a lot of opportunity to really coordinate with the other coffee shops unless there's like a community event. We really would have loved to send a barista down to the barista challenge that happened. Oh, yeah. Um, But we didn't at that time, we didn't have any baristas that wanted to enter or felt confident enough in their like latte art skills because... I'll be 100% honest. I feel that the over-focus on latte art distracts from the taste and the quality of the coffee. So we kind of swing one way. Like, right. So when I train in my cafe, like the heart is the only thing I require my baristas to do. If they're skilled enough that that's boring for them, they're more than welcome to practice their latte art skills. But our number one focus is the quality of the coffee. Mm-hmm. Now, we also eat with our eyes, so like the heart is... Is a is my only requirement, but it's like if you can do more latte art, please do because it enhances the experience of our customers. Right. But people are coming there for flavor and consistently good flavor. They're not coming for um, latte art. So I don't think I've had any uh, pushback, but I don't think I've had really personally as the cafe manager and head barista had any time to really go out and mingle with the other baristas in the area. My philosophy on that is there's plenty of space for all of us. Mm-hmm. We all kind of have our own niche. And as the city grows, exactly. there's there's enough in the market for anyone. So um, it was really disappointing to me because I did get some feedback um, when I first started to help out more directly and manage the cafe um, that some of the other coffee shops in the other area um, had heard some rumors about people like dissing other coffee shops. And I was like, no, that wasn't us. If mm-hmm. someone was... That was someone representing us in a wrong way. Like, we're not here to take away from what other coffee shops do. We do single origin specialty roasts, and we have kind of a specialty coffee cafe. That's what we do. Right. Um, and and you guys hand brew all the coffee, or the espresso at least, right? Oh, yeah. It's 100% manual. So you won't find any, um, there are automated features, but we don't make automated coffee like you would get at, like, Starbucks. So Starbucks right. now is you just push the button, it grinds, it tamps, it pours espresso, and they don't even have to tuck touch the milking pitcher really except for to put it under the wand so we're on the exact opposite of that like it's all hand steamed it's all by temperature it's all by gauge um you know it's like you know our gram ratio you get your tamp right and like they're and and all of my baristas they're qc Mm -hmm. and so that's why it's so important to spend so much time with them and make sure that they're signed off because really the person making that drink because they're the one making it 
is the most important part. They of the represent cafe. the company. Yeah. yeah. Well, anybody who works for you represents the company, but that barista is my final QC, and yeah. if they can't make that perfect two ounce shot, according to what our customers expect, then we're failing our customers, and we're also failing our employees because we're not giving them tools to success. So uh, sometimes it feels overwhelming because I have to make sure that I'm appropriately serving my customers for both the quality and the price point that we serve. And I also have to make sure that I'm giving my employees the right tool and taking care of them as people. So I guess that's the part of, um, this is new for me, like ownership. So that's the part that's kind of daunting and new where Mm -hmm. I have to refine my skills and I have to talk to other people and find out like, how do you handle these things? How do you manage this? Like, how do you make sure you're doing these things right? And there's lots of tools out there, but it's like, trying to get them all onboarded and trying to do them all at once, like, I'm not always going to get it right. Like, I'm going to do my best every time, but I'm not always going to get it right. Right. I will say that uh, there is y'all's motto, excellence in a cup. That's that's y'all's motto. Excellence in every cup. In every cup. In every cup. It is true. one cup. There's two things that, if you haven't been to Ubora yet, uh, there are two things that I'd like to recommend. Sit at the bar. When they make the drink. Oh, yeah, definitely. It is welcoming to sit at the bar and watch The baristas y'all. are all super nice. Well, very nice. And y'all are very, um, what I've noticed, very careful. I mean, we're talking, you're uh, heating up water for tea and you're watching the temperature. I mean, they're on it. Um, and just sitting there, it's an experience when you watch them make it. And then also you can carry on a tab. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. That's, that's, cool. That is so, different. So really cool things. You can save a card at the cafe, and you can come in, and you can order your drink. Oh, I have you, so many points right now. And you can say, hey, use my card on that order, and as long as we know you as a customer, we can charge you. You get an email that says what you were charged, so there's mm-hmm. 100% accountability and visibility for right. everything. Um, I have people who I work with that will ask me to bring in a bag. They have a saved card at the cafe, so I'm naturally down here every night. I'll package up their order. I'll charge their account. They get an email that says, hey, your coffee's been ordered, and I bring it into work with me the next day because we're going to see each other, so there's right. no point. Um, or you can order online. The other thing, too, is most people don't realize the depth of the care that we also took with the business itself, not just the coffee. So, like, Obora Swahili for excellence. Mm. The symbol of the coffee shop is a tribal symbol for the sun, which nourishes the coffee plants. Um, the other stuff is, like, we have like Ma- La Marzocco and, and Mod Bar and Mod Bars, the, the company components, um, like the culture of coffee in America started with La Marzocco USA and Schultz when wow. Starbucks franchised. So we have a 2001, which is one of the, the first La Marzocco classics that started in Starbucks at that time. Like that's on our back that's counter cool. for overload. And we have the next generation of um, pressure profiling for like, the technology portion because our sub uh, logo is old world coffee with a technology flair. So mm. we use technology that helps us enhance the characteristics of the coffee that we're trying to serve in an old world style. That's why our cappuccino is matching components of espresso and milk and mostly foam because that's the old world recipe of a cappuccino. I love y'all's London fog. Oh, love you it. can't go wrong. Oh, with you, London fog. oh, I, I will always get that for, for real in your espresso shop. Love oh, it. so you should get um, a colada next time you come. Okay. It's, it's espresso brewed with sugar, and it is, it's like creme brulee in a coffee cup. Oh, no. It's like toasted creme brulee Sounds flavor like right on top. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right, so on that note, we're actually going to take another break, and we're going to go into the final question. Thank you, Chris. 
And today, guys, we do want to give one more shout out to Amplified Events, not only for sponsoring our audio today, but for giving us an office to record in. We couldn't be doing this right now without them. Seriously, guys, if you guys have a wedding coming up in the family with your friends, if you have a corporate event, a private event, anything that needs DJs, lighting, anything like that, give Amplified Events a call. If you need corporate team building, they do team building, they host game shows, they can do it in your house, at your country club, in your backyard, ton of fun, local business, downtown Augusta, Patrick O'Connor's the owner, give them a call, their number is 706-810-0267. All right, so we're back. (laughs) So nobody knows why we're laughing right now, that's okay. So Walter, we ask every guest that we've had on here the and same actually question. you know this because you have yeah. been a guest on our show before yes, this, this is, is the two. redux this is this is this the is, redux this is take two we owe you an apology because we did not post the original podcast however we hope that this solo interview makes up for it i think most of our listeners thank us for not posting it it didn't sound too good guys no, no i want i mean like i was kind of crestfallen because i was like that was such a good time and it like I really liked. The I still collab- have the file. If the technology ever comes to exist where I can make that episode sound good, we will post it. Yeah. So somebody developed that technology. It was a great. It was a great collaboration, and there was some magic that happened there. So it was kind of sad to lose that. But it then was. You guys contacted me, and they were like, "Hey, we want to re-record because." The audio was awful. I was like, oh, sure, absolutely. Yeah. I'm still in. Like, let's do this. Yeah. So you know the question, but I'm gonna ask it anyways, and it's actually. It means a lot more to us because you're a transplant. You've been on the West Coast, and now you're here. And you had those bad experiences, and yet you still helped open up a coffee shop here. Uh, What does dropping the disc from Disgusta mean to you? What does it mean to drop it from Augusta completely? So I I think what that means, and this is also part of my personal journey because I had to learn this myself, but when I answer this question, I think you have to identify – what's in your environment that you dislike and you must either change it or move away from it mm. to disassociate it from what you've got going on. Right. Now, now sometimes not everybody's going to have the opportunity to like open up a coffee shop because they want to open up their own version of a coffee shop. But in all of the small ways in Augusta, whatever you don't like, which is the disc portion, you need to identify it, confront it and make an intentional decision to not repeat it. Mm. Now, whether that's like being friendly in your neighborhood or going to locations that you like or intentionally like saving up and taking a weekend trip or something, finding those hidden gems, which I think is everywhere here in Augusta. But that's the intentional part. Like that's the part that I've talked about before, like being intentional about what you're doing. Right. That's going to help us drop the diss. And as we do that more and more, we're going to feed into and pay back to quality locations. We're going to go to restaurants that are good and should be here and are helping improve Augusta. Like any city, there's lots of improvement to do. True. But the more that we're intentional about making sure that we're patronizing good locations and we're helping sure them up, then they can help in other ways. And that's, I think that's how we drop the disc, that we identify what we dislike and we make an intentional decision to do something else or to make it better. True operations, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> now, before we go, we, we give everybody a chance to do any sort of shout-outs you want to do, any family listening, any places that you like, any people that made you feel welcome. Um, God, shout-outs. 
I wish I thought about it because there are so many people like I am so humbled by the reception of like we love your coffee this is so great we love your cafe like it it means I have the responsibility to help carry that forward so like I have to give a shout out to my business partners Philip and um, Leon because of the opportunity that they afforded me and that they've They've been so gracious to allow me to do what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. And then I also have to pay that back to them. I have to be gracious enough to allow them to do what they're good at. Right. Um, all of the people we've met, like uh, we have a regular that uh, Mark that runs the, uh, an electric company downtown and his wife just opened Southern Roots. Like mm. I'm so grateful for them because they're a part of those people that want a partner to make Augusta better. Um, Antoine Ruckus from ARC, he came in and met with us and talked about intentional development in Augusta and it gives us more opportunities. Um, everybody in the Chamber Society is amazing. They've all been welcoming and That's awesome open. to hear. Um, really it's just, good. there's so many people that just want to help other people and I can't name them all. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I wish there was a list, but well, just that's a good kind of, problem to have. Yeah, that's like, a good problem. Yeah, off the cuff, I'm like, mm, you know, um, and we've we've made so many good partnerships, and I think part of that is just trying to be available. Unfortunately, I'm not available in the morning because, yeah. you know, I have work, and then I have the coffee shop, which work is my passion. Work and well, passion. It, it's passion. Nice. Like, yeah. coffee is passion. Like, I think you can tell that, you know, between our roast and how, I ex- how we express coffee through our cafe, like... That's why, I mean, like, when we first tasted the cold brew, I was like, oh, this is so good. It's because I, w- I don't ever want to drink my own coffee and think that there's something wrong with it. Oh, yeah. I want to experience that passion that I have for coffee and every time I drink my own products because that means I'm still doing it right. And I think that's why that fits with, like, my QC. But, like, everybody who supported me and took a chance on me, like, B&K Electric, Viper Northwest, all of the companies that took me on as, you know, a heavy, expensive, overhead individual, like... <laughs> Even, even in some of those places where we didn't leave on good terms, like I thought I should have stayed as an employee or, you know, whatever, I thought I did better than they thought I did. Like, I think that's the thing. I've, I've spent the 10 years of making those mistakes and I'm still going to make mistakes going forward. And, and that's why I never want to be disgruntled and I just want to be thankful that we have an opportunity that people can make mistakes because I think people say, what, fail forward? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, people have been gracious enough around me to help me fail forward. And like all of the people in my naval career that have supported me through the difficulty of um, getting here and the PTSD and my career and trying to balance all of these things together. Like I, I am nothing but the amazingness of the people that stand around me to prop me up. And that's where I feel bad because I get to sit here and I get to have this glorious moment, but there's my business partners. There's all of my employees in the cafe Mm -hmm. that you tell me how great my coffee is. Like that's their hands. Like that's their hard work. That's their passion at my coffee shop that makes you enjoy our coffee. And it's like, I, I guess I struggle with that as like a business owner because it's not really me. It's all of the people help supporting us in our common dream. And I can't pay that back. Mm-hmm. But I can be intentional about trying to help other people and be supportive about our community and what we're doing here. So I guess my shout out is, is like anybody who's uh, touched me or been in my life or helped me through some of my rough times or even in my good times, been there with me to take that journey. Like the Brian Clay Foundation, of course, like that opportunity was amazing. I'm sorry, I don't mean to be emotional. about No, this. it's OK. The cold brew's hitting. <laughs> the cold brew's hitting. <laughs> There's dust and gnats in here or something. <laughs> There's no gnats. No but that's something that someone says, <laughs> yeah. like, you know, that's yeah. like that's like the tough warrior thing. Like, oh, what is there dust and gnats in here? I'm like <laughs> leaking, like, you know, that, and it's, um, I 
it happens at our command, like, oh, I don't mean to, like, have dust and gnats in my eyes. <laughs> uh, so you can be, like, that tough, you know, yeah, battle right. fighter. Fighting the dust and gnats. Yeah, every day. But I, I guess I guess those are the things. And, and really, it's just people. Life, life is about people. And it's about you being a good person and you being gracious that other people have the opportunity to be good people. Wow. I would like to also shout out YPA um, and David Peltier because they actually hold morning coffee meetings at Ubora and they're called Coffee and Conversation and when I found out they were at Ubora it made me very excited to go to them. Yeah and we have a young business professional that comes in our user table like if you want to reserve the the barnyard table for a meeting or whatever or like barn farm style table sorry not barnyard farm style table yeah you guys got to check this place out (laughs) (laughs) yeah the goats and stuff are in the back we have cows cows. are great the cows are great we we milk or we milk our own cows no maybe one day I mean the goal is to hopefully cow latte art Ooh. So on that note, uh, we have finished <laughs> that would take our serious group. skill. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that I really wish um, at some point that I can go to blending houses and I can work with the actual farmers in the area and have a specific blend of milk that we use in our cafe that matches what we're actually looking for. Look, I can take a quad shot and go right to bed. I've wow. been doing coffee for so long. Cup of cold brew. Wow! At the end of the episode. <laughs> He's chugging. He I just pray put for your it night's up. Sleep tonight. <laughs> I'll, I'll go to bed just. Well, fine. Walter, thank you for coming in. Thank you. Second time. Well, hey, thanks for the opportunity, guys. Like, I, this is this is one of the biggest highlights of uh, being here in Augusta is getting to mingle with other creative professionals in the area and work together on our common goal. And that's why I was so excited that you guys were dropped to discuss it because I was like, yes, this is what we need to do to push our city forward. Oh, the thing I really want to plug, though, plug is it. Augusta and Company is doing a pop up with us on the 19th. We're releasing our October 19th, October 19th, Heard. 11 to 2. We are releasing our fall drink. So we've got Ooh. some flag on like social media and stuff. Is there pumpkin in it? No. Holla! <laughs> yep. So. Um, not pumpkin spice latte. It is not a pumpkin spice latte. Now we did the first year, and when we when we talk about wanting to be our own company, I don't want to do something just because every other company does it. So Starbucks started it, it became a crave, PSL was a thing. So now everybody every other company on the planet because it's a marketing ploy is doing this. And I'm like, but I want to bring back the actual flavors of fall. So I have an old world recipe that if you are someone of my age or older, you will know exactly what it is when I name it. But it it's is... It's a coffee seltzer. No. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm it's, it's, a la- it's, it's a latte, but we will release it there on the 19th at the event, and then it will be available in the cafe from the 20th of October on. And then we also will have a, a Christmas drink special. That's a riff on something that's common. So it's going to be um, a toasted marshmallow peppermint mocha. So if you have it in our cafe, we're going to have a brulee torch and I have oh, a toasted marshmallow recipe. I'm all about that. Uh, and so we'll put the toasted marshmallow whipped cream on it. We'll brulee it for you. So it'll be a toasted marshmallow peppermint mocha. God, will be our Christmas special. That's great. Yeah. I'm excited. All right. I'm full of that. Hearing about yeah. It. Let me have some more cold brew. <laughs> How long that's, do you think you'll be here? Hmm. At least what? 16 more years? Wow. Yeah. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> I'm going to end it on that note because I like that. Y'all, y'all go by Ubora and say hey to Walter. Check it out. He's, there, he's usually there in the afternoons, right? Yeah.